0: And thank you guys who did come out tonight. Um, um, we do know that today is Father's Day, so we want to recognize all the dads who are here. Um, guys, just it's our prayer and our hope that you will strive to be godly men, both in um, your marriages and in your opportunities to shepherd. Um, hopefully God gives you the opportunity to shepherd young boys and girls into young men and young women. And, you know, we as a leadership team at Revolution, we really labor in prayer for for things like that, that that men and women will raise up godly young men and godly young women. And you have an opportunity to do that every day. So um, it's our prayer that just as we think about Father's Day today and we reflect, um, guys, just remember that. You're always on stage in your life. The people are always watching what you're doing. And the best testimony you can give, the best witness you can give to, to your wives and to your children and to anybody else is just to be obedient to God. So um, and that's a prayer we pray for ourselves as leaders here at Revolution. We pray for each and every one of you here. So um, thank you for being with us on this Father's Day. Um, we have the privilege on Father's Day, while Pastor Matt is slumming at the Reds game with his family, celebrating Father's Day, to hear from Eric Kimsey, who is one of our interns. And um, guys, Eric is an awesome guy who God has really um, just put it upon his heart to really invest not only in the ministry here at Revolution, but just in ministry as a lifelong objective. And so um, Eric actually took the whole week off from work this past week to volunteer at a, at a church camp to um, be a counselor for... for Um, young guys for the week. So he spent his entire week screaming and yelling and running and playing and being goofy um, and scaring him with this big, like, Amish beard thing he's got going on in his face. Um, But just, guys, we're we're excited to have Eric teach. Um, And so I'm just going to pray really quickly. Um, Just ask God to to speak through Eric, speak to us tonight, um, and then he'll be up here and get started. So dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity. We thank you for raising up um, godly folks who have decided to invest in this church as a ministry, um, commit to being interns to live in the East end in Portsmouth to not only commit to this ministry, but other ministries so that they can make much of your name through how they live their lives. And Lord, we just I pray for Eric tonight as, you know, this is a little bit out of the box from out of his comfort zone to step up in front of a bunch of folks and teach. He doesn't do this every week, but we know that as people who have the opportunity to get up here to speak, that, Lord, the, the greatest sense of confidence we can have is that if we teach your word, we know that it's truth. We know that the words in the book of the, the that we call the Bible is it's God-breathed, it's from you, it's true, it's guidance and instruction for our lives. I just pray that as Eric teaches that tonight, that you'll give him wisdom, that you'll give us an opportunity to hear what it is you want us to hear from the scriptures. It's in your name we pray, amen. What's
1: up, Revolution? That wasn't too bad. All right, like uh, Justin said, my name is, I would not like my Kindle to shut down. All right, yeah, just as Justin said, my name's Eric, uh, I am an intern here at Revolution, and I'm down in the East End, uh, doing some missions down there with a couple other guys, and uh, so I guess that's a little bit about me. Um like it did shut down. How bad is that? All right. Um, how about everybody move in? There's not like many people here, so I want like everybody in like the first four rows. I think that would be fun. I'm, a, I'm a, a Bible study leader and like a small group leader, so I would be more comfortable like that, and you all should cater to me. I think that's how it should go. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to do much without notes, guys. I guess I'll just use the, uh, the iPhone. All right, there we go. All right, tonight I want to talk to you guys about uh, recognizing sin. Everything possible is going wrong with my notes right now. Can't even pull them up. I guess God wants me to just make it up as I go. All right, we are looking at 1 John 1, 8, and 10. We're going to skip over verse 9 tonight. Uh, Pastor Matt wants to save that one for himself. And uh, so we will let him do, do that. Uh, We are in page 743 in the Blue Bible, I believe. So let's go ahead and turn to that. 743, 1 John 1, 8, and 10. Verse 8, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, oh, that's verse 9, Uh, Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Will you guys pray with me? God, thank you so much uh, just for bringing everybody out tonight, even though it's Father's Day and and some people are out um, at the Reds game, and uh, I just pray that you um, would move in in this smaller group. Uh, tonight, that you would just send your spirit to to convict us of a, a few things in our lives, Lord, and that we would uh, be able to grow closer to you through your word, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so like I said, I want to talk to you guys about sin tonight. Um, we're in this series called uh, Walking in the Light, and uh, we're talking about how do you know if you are a Christian. I know it's something that a lot of you guys have struggled with, um, so we're just going to talk about the sin aspect of our lives, even as Christians. Um, if you're a Christian, that is uh, that you have proclaimed Jesus as your Savior from your sins and uh, have committed your life to following Him um, in obedience uh, according to Scripture, then it is vitally important for our spiritual well-being, to address sin um, constantly, that we would be in battle with our sin. Um, We're to conquer our sin with the power of the Holy Spirit that Christ has given to us um, so that we can become more like Christ. Um, That's actually what Christian means. It means um, Christ-like, or more literally, it means little Christ. It was actually... uh, a term that people used to make fun of Christians um, back in the day, back in first century church. And I think the Bible is really clear that even as Christians, we struggle with sin our entire lives. Um, You can read any of the writings in the New Testament and see that we are commanded to act a certain way. We have been, you know, we've been told to be righteous in certain ways. We've been told that we need to serve others. We've been told that we shouldn't do this, and we should do that. Um, we're to sacrificially love others. We should put nothing above God. Um, right here in 1 John uh, 2.1, it says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, then we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. So Jesus knows we're going to sin. He doesn't um, say, well, you're going to be sinless after you are in me. He doesn't say that at all. He actually knows it's going to happen, and he's going to take care of it. But that doesn't give us license to sin, right? Um, it actually says in Scripture, in Hebrews, that Jesus is our high priest, that he's our advocate before God, that if we do sin, that he is there to make that right. You know, He goes before the Father and says, Eric just sinned against you, but I've paid for it on the cross. Now there's actually a group of people back in first century church when uh, First John was written, who believed that after they had salvation in Christ, that they were sinless, that they had a sinless nature, they would no longer sin the rest of their lives. Uh, There are actually people that believe that today. I didn't even know these people existed until a few years ago, because I thought it was pretty much common sense that we are going to struggle with sin, even as Christians. Um, Just a few years ago, Pastor Matt was talking at Ninth Hour down at Shawnee State, and... uh, he was talking about struggling with sin as a college student, and there was a guy that interrupted. I, I think Caleb was probably there, but there was, a, there was a guy that interrupted and was like, well, I haven't sinned since I got saved four years ago. And, and typical Matt, he's like, well, what are you doing right now? Lying to me. <laughs> um So I, I thought it was, I was like really taken aback. I, I didn't even know like people believe this, but it is actually, um, you know, some, some Christians believe this, and I think we should be ready to talk about that with, with them if we come across them talking about our faith. Um, but I would wager that most of us don't hold that belief. Most of us, if not all of us, believe that we're going to continue to struggle with sin, um, maybe the same sin, maybe different sins as we overcome them throughout our entire lives. Um, but tonight, I didn't want to focus on the obvious things. I don't want to focus on, well, you guys shouldn't murder, because I think it's pretty pretty self-evident. Well, you guys shouldn't steal stuff. You guys uh, shouldn't lust after, you know, somebody you're not in a relationship with, uh, or somebody you're not married with. Laughter. <laughs> But I wanted to talk more about some of the more buried parts of our hearts. The ones that, um, that we don't even really recognize as sin sometimes. Um, I wanted to talk about idols in our lives that we don't even tend to claim as sinful because we don't even realize that we put them above our relationship with Christ. So um, I want you guys to prayerfully consider the idolatry in your own heart it's going to be different for all of us it's going to take different forms and tonight I really want you to wrestle with that in that sense I want to be more serious about our sin and I want you guys to be in kind of a self-reflection tonight and throughout the week Uh, so if you guys could pray with me again we'll pray about that and we will get going with the rest of the sermon how's that all right let's pray Lord, I just pray that You would reveal to us in our hearts just what we put before You, Lord. I pray that it would become evident to us that that we hold other things above You that, that really have no place there, Lord. And I also pray that we would see that You are so much greater than those things and provide so much more comfort and peace and joy than anything on this earth. Lord, I pray that whether it be our families or our friends or or just stuff in our life or wealth or money or power, God, I pray that those things would be revealed in us and that you would convict us of them. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. So, as Christians, we are really, really awesome at justifying sin, right? We all do it. Uh, we hold things as idols in our hearts that are even great things, like I mentioned when I was praying: our families, our friends, our you know stuff in our lives. We desire power. We desire money. We desire position or fame. We desire these kinds of things. John Calvin is quoted as saying, "Man's nature, so to speak, is a perpetual factory of idols." And these idols can take many different forms. I just wrote down a few things. Maybe you're a working parent that works long hours, putting your heart and soul into your career, all the while neglecting your family or putting your own success before the Lord. But you call it providing for your family. Maybe you're in a relationship that is number one in your life. Your significant other is the one that you depend on and not Christ. But you call it enjoying the one God made for you. Or maybe you're the one who always has to have the next new things. Cars, phones, computers, houses, gadgets, movies, music, video games, or anything. And all those things are the things that you work for. And we call it entertainment, or we call it a passion for a hobby. Or maybe you're unmarried and you like to get physical with your significant other. But you call it love, or you call it, well, you know, at least we don't go all the way. Or maybe you're the person that flies off the handle at others because you don't think they do their job properly. Or you don't think they're good enough, and you call it, well, I'm just trying to make them better. Or finally, maybe you're, maybe you're addicted to pornography. Maybe you say, but it doesn't hurt anybody. I think these are the kinds of things that we often justify in our lives to make us feel better about them so that we don't have to recognize them as things that we need to struggle with and remove from our lives. I want to ask one question to you guys. And I want you guys to ask that question to yourselves. What do you live for? What is your motivation for getting up in the morning? Is it the opportunity uh, to glorify God through the resources, through the abilities, through the strengths, and, and, and the energy that he's given you? Or is it something else? Because if it's something else, I think that's something we really need to address. And I want you guys to know that I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. Like, I'm not thinking of anybody specifically. I struggle with many of these things myself. Um, have struggled and continue to struggle with them. So, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to just point people out. I just want us to uh, be real with each other and and realize that these are the kinds of justifications we use. And we don't even realize that we are doing it we do it to cover up the ugly parts of our lives we do it to make us feel better uh and we all do it we will do anything to avoid the feeling of guilt right this week i worked at Cedar hills camp like justin mentioned um and i was just a counselor over over nine boys and uh uh, one week was enough to show me that I definitely never want to be a single parent of nine boys. I know that for sure. Um, but I did realize that children are the perfect, uh, they're just the perfect analogy for what we're talking about tonight. I had a, I had one guy that was constantly hitting other kids. Like, constantly. I was calling his name every five minutes. And uh, despite the several talks that we had or the, no matter how much swim time I took away, like, this kid was not getting any better. He wasn't even trying to get any better. And I, I just, I was having a talk with him and I, I said, you know, wh- what's going on here? You, why are you hitting him? And all you parents know what the first thing he said was whenever I asked him why he hit him, huh? He hit me first, Exactly. And I said, that is absolutely no justification for what you just did. And then he responded with, well, I have anger management issues. (laughs) I can't help it. And I said, well, you're still the one making the decisions, not your anger management problems. But that's exactly what we do with our sin, right? We make up some justification, we... We, we have a reason for what we're doing, right? But, you know, I, I, he is just the perfect example of probably what I do every day, you know? I tend to be like a no, I don't know, not necessarily a no-nonsense kind of guy, but like I make a plan, and that probably how it's going to go, and I will get flustered and aggravated if it doesn't go that way, so that's why I need my notes, right, because uh, I wouldn't be able to just sit up here and talk, <laughs> like, I have to follow the plan, and, um, but I, I will justify my aggravation with people whenever they don't follow the plan by saying, well, I'm just trying to do it the best way, but my anger with them is not justified, right? So just how this camper showed his immaturity by making excuses for hitting some kid, we show our spiritual immaturity whenever we make justifications for what our own sin is. Uh, Let's look at verse 10 again, uh, right there, 1 John 1. uh, It says, If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I really want us all to wrestle with the gravity of our own sin. And, and the denial of that sin. We're calling God a liar. And that his word does not govern our hearts whenever we do that. I think that's a pretty heavy notion. Um, This light attitude that we tend to have with sin sometimes uh, is disastrous for our spiritual well-being. Whenever we don't take our sin seriously, it will consume us. Um, It's like looking at Scripture, looking at the Word of God, and saying, I I know what you say, and I, I know what you mean, but you know, in this day and age, I think I know what's better. And I think it's also the same as spitting in the face of God while you say, God, I I want to be a better person. I want to go to heaven. But I don't want to give up this aspect of my life. And I want to get one thing straight. You can't just be cool with Jesus you can't Jesus can't be your homeboy because if he is you're completely missing the point he's the king of kings and the lord of lords so is he your lord or not are you going to submit or not is he really your lord like take a second and think about what the word lord means like absolutely over every aspect of your life? Or is he just your fire insurance? And I don't want to get all fire and brimstone on you guys, like I'm not like that, but I hopefully want you to deal with these things and, and just give you a little punch in the gut to reality and, and uh, just show you that our sin is much, much bigger then we tend to make it out to be, even here at Revolution. You know, I think at Revolution we tend to push back against legalism. Legalism is um, when you follow rules that aren't scriptural in order to prove your righteousness. But I want you guys to make sure that you know the difference between legalism and obedience. Because there's a huge difference. It's not legalism if you're obeying the Lord out of response of the salvation that he gave you. So now you say, Eric, that's fine. I understand you. You've made your point, but how do you even like recognize if you're doing something like this? If you are putting something before God. And I'm honestly going to run down a list of some pretty Sunday school answers to that. Because guess what? Not Everything they taught you in Sunday school is, is uh, just felt boards and, and whatnot. They, there are some good answers to how we should live our lives. So, number one, read your Bible, right? Study it. If you aren't doing this regularly, this can be really difficult. So, start small. Maybe start in a gospel. Maybe the gospel of Mark, because we just finished that. And you've had some teaching in that. Take it verse by verse. Ask questions. What's going on? Why is this happening? What is Jesus teaching here? Number two, pray constantly. Right? The Bible tells us that we need to be constantly in prayer. Constantly. And I think we'd have a much better time with putting things before God if we were continually asking him for the strength to not put things before him, right? Um, the director at Sayota Hills, I really respect him a lot, Scott Bruns, um, and I've I, I loved learning from him this week and, and hearing his wisdom. He talks about how every morning when he wakes up, when his feet touch the floor, he asks God, can you please give me the strength to choose you today? Can I choose you and glorify you? Please give me the strength to do that. I think that absolutely needs to happen every single day, if not multiple times a day. Because every decision we make, I think we're probably making a decision that will bring us closer to Him or further away. You following me? Uh, Number three... Go in a small group, right? We've got small groups here at Revolution, even if you don't hear about them very often. Uh, We have groups that meet every week. Probably not right now during the summer, but in the fall and, and winter and spring, definitely have groups going every single week. I know of at least three that go on, and I know that a very small number of people that come to Rev actually are a part of a weekly Bible study. That is very important for us to grow. We need to be in the word with other Christians so that they can hold us accountable and they can give us a different, you know, a different viewpoint. Right? We don't grow by hanging out with a bunch of people that are just like us.